It's good to welcome Ray. Ray, would you come and join me? Take uh, your page. Ray's going to bring God's word to us uh, in the next few moments. And uh, let's pray for you, Ray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Ray. Thank you for the journey that he's had with Andrew and Shona from right from the beginning down through the years for the support that he's given to them all through their lives. And thank you now for the word that you've laid upon his heart. Father, empower him by your spirit now to share that word with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we turn to the book of Joshua, please? Joshua chapter 14 and from verse 6. I want to read two short passages from Joshua and then we'll think about them together. I didn't check what Bible you have. I've got NIV. Is that all right? Yes. Sorry? The nearly inspired version. I was at a church last week where they used the extremely sound version. So, Now the people of Judah approached Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh Barnea about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people sink. However, I, however, follow the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day Moses swore to me, The land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever. Because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now then, give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out, just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. And then in the next chapter, and verse 13, in accordance with the Lord's command to him, Joshua gave to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, a portion in Judah, Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron. Arba was the forefather of Anak. From Hebron, Caleb drove out the three Anakites, Sheshai, Ahinam, and Talmai, the sons of Anak. From there, he marched against the people living in Deber, formerly called Kiriath Sefer. And Caleb said, I will give my daughter Aksa in marriage to the man who attacks and captures Kiriath Sefer. Othniel, son of Kenas, 
Caleb's brother took it. So Caleb gave his daughter access to him in marriage. One day she came to Othniel. When she came to Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. When she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, what can I do for you? She replied, do me a special favor. Since you have given me the land in the Negev, give me also springs of water. So Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. Well, Andrew and Shona are not yet 85 years old. But I, it'll come, it'll come. But I wanted this morning to think briefly about Caleb. Caleb, a man who was faithful to God for many years. Think of that man. He was 40. Good time of life at 40. He went and explored the land of Canaan. He saw how wonderful the land was. He knew that God had promised it. And he went, wanted to go then and there to capture it. But the other people, the other spies that were sent with him into the land of Canaan, they didn't believe God's power. And so they gave up. And they died in the wilderness. But for 45 years, Caleb kept that vision alive. He wasn't someone who was going to draw back from the promises that God had given And his enthusiasm continued right up until he was 85. And I can't see if there's any 85 years old here today. Most of you look a bit younger, but some of you might be. (laughs) I don't know how you are doing for taking mountains, but let's think about Shona, Andrew and Shona. They've persevered in ministry over these 22 years. There are many others who are enthusiastic at the beginning, but then the enthusiasm decreases. Circumstances arise in their life. They find that the task is much more difficult than they expected. And they come back. They cease from the ministry. We must praise God that Andrew's got as much enthusiasm now, if not more enthusiasm, than when I first sent him out. Then, there they were, young couple, ready to go, but not realising all that that ministry would involve. But now they know. Now they know what the task is. And they are prepared to go again to one of the hard places. Yes, Chiang Mai has got Tesco. But has my Hong Song got a Tesco's? No. And if you go into the Shan States, are there Tesco's there? No. Where they are can be treated as one of the hard places of the world. Many Christians like the comfortable places. I think it was three years ago, the London City Mission sat down and they said, you know, if you're a young professional in London, there's loads of different Christians trying to evangelise you. But if you're living on one of the council estates in London, the hard estates, there are no Christian witnesses there. And so they redeployed their missionaries and sent them out to those places. We like to be in comfortable places. 
most of us like to remain just where we are. And the idea of going to another country, into another culture, to learn a language, to face up to all the privations of that hard place. Well, let someone else go. It used to be said that when a young man was called to go overseas by God, he would say, no, Lord, send my sister. (laughs) Fortunately, now a few more men are going, often with wives to keep them on the straight and narrow. So many people, when they even begin to think of the serving of God overseas, They look for the easy places. Let's go somewhere where they speak English. Let's go somewhere where the climate is quite nice. Let's go somewhere where there's really a big church already. 85% of Christian missionaries go to to people who are already Christians. Rather than those who do not know Jesus Christ. Places where he has never been named. And other people, when they go, what do they go to do? They go perhaps to bring some humanitarian help. Then they can report back to their church. Look, we've done all this for these poor people overseas. But they're still dying in their sins. Because the task of bringing the gospel is much harder than the task of bringing material relief. Andrew and Shona, they've persevered with that. They've persevered with witnessing to people, seeing those generations. That was a wonderful picture that Andrew had, down to the G4s. Well, there's a G8, you know, (laughs) and we're waiting for your G8, which perhaps will do rather more than the group that Mr. Trump went to recently. Because here is Caleb at 85, and he says, Lord... Now, the older versions didn't talk about hill country, which is perhaps appropriate to where you've been in in, in Thailand and Burma. But they talked about the mountains. Give me this mountain. He didn't want an easy place. He wanted a place where he could see the fulfillment of God's promises. And our prayer today as Andrew and Shona go back to Asia must surely be that they keep that vision continually alive. That God will keep them within that ministry. Will give them the strength for it. No more health alarms. Will give them the enthusiasm for it. And give to them the mountains that they're praying for. The people turning to faith in Christ. When I prayed for them just now, gave thanks for the Shan who are coming to Christ, to the other tribal people who are coming to Christ. But that wonderful country of Thailand, how many Thais have come to faith in Jesus Christ? Hardly any. Oh, you like to go there for your holidays. The beaches are wonderful. The smiling people. But they're dying without a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Praying for a breakthrough there, for that mountain to be broken, for that bondage to be taken away, that people might come to faith in Jesus Christ. But I read two passages. I read a second passage that followed up on the story because Caleb realised 
that even though he was 85, he couldn't do everything himself. Even though he was still strong. He needed someone else to be there. He needed an Othniel to go and do some of the conquering. Now, I'm not suggesting that Andrew needs to barter his daughters off and promise them in marriage because you can't do that sort of thing nowadays. It's not part of missionary recruitment anymore. You realise, of course, that England was actually evangelised by kings sending their daughters off to marry pagan kings that whole kingdoms might be converted. But we don't do that sort of thing now. But what Caleb did see was he needed a younger man. He needed others to be involved in that ministry. Othniel, he was ready to take a part. And the daughter saw that there were other needs. There were needs for springs of water in the desert area of the Negev. She had her own vision of conquest, AXA, the building of a secure future, and she needed the resources for that. Andrew and Shona are going back, and they need to call others to go and work with them in that ministry. It's wonderful the support the church has given, that for 22 years the church have been supporting Andrew and Shona, but who's gone to work with them? Where are those who've come forward and said, Lord, they can't be there just on their own. They need others with them. Where are the Othniels today? Where are the younger people to capture this vision? The vision of being a messenger for God to people who don't know him. We've been referring this morning to the uncertain times in which we live. You won't get any more uncertainty by going out to Asia or somewhere else. In fact, you may get some more certainty than we've got here. Because there is actually only one place where we have any security. And that is where we're in the place of doing the will of God. Where we, where we know God has called us and he will keep us and he will work through us. Some years ago, there was a church in South Africa sending out missionaries. And they pleaded with the missionaries not to go back to that dangerous area in the Philippines where they were working. And they said, you know, stay here. You're more secure here. That church was then attacked by people. And many of the congregations died there in South Africa. Because the people who went back to the Philippines said, it's not the security here we look for. We just look for the security of being where God has called us. God who takes us. God who calls us. God who gives us a ministry. God who calls us to a continuing faithful obedience. Because who are we? We are the people of Jesus Christ. We are the followers of the one who left the glory of heaven to be born amongst us, to live in Palestine, to give his life upon a cross. We follow the one 
who gave his all that we might know his Father and be brought into a relationship with him. He was willing to do that for us. And the question comes, what are we willing to do in response? So we need to ask ourselves today the hard questions. Which mountains are we looking for the Lord to give to us in our Christian ministry? Are we the people who are ready to be bold for Christ, to stand for Christ, to engage with the world in the hard places, that through us God's purposes might be fulfilled. And that great promise that Christ was building his church, that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, that that might be fulfilled through us, through us, as we respond to God's call. Let's pray. Our Lord and our Father, we thank you again for Andrew and Shona and their family. We do indeed ask that you will keep their vision alive, but we ask that you will give to us also a vision of your purposes for us, that we may not shy away from hard places. We may not make the excuse of our age. We will look at the mountains, the mountains and the darkness, and ask that by in your mercy, we might overcome kingdoms. We might bring light into dark places, and that we may see men and women coming to a full knowledge of salvation in Jesus Christ because we have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. In him we pray. Amen.